grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you are new to the program, give you a quick rundown of the show. I used to be everybody's favorite drinking buddy. It was one of my favorite things in the world to hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, talk shit, talk shop, and reminisce about old stories. I am sober now, but that's still one of my favorite things to do is hang out with friends and reminisce. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. I am joined by my friend, New York comedian, hilarious guy, the full charge, Matt Fulcheron. Full disclosure to everybody, when we started recording, um, we just kind of got right into it, so I forgot to do the intro. So here's the episode. And most things won't work. There we go. So you might as well try what you think will work. But that's the other weird thing about it, too. Like, the tra- I understand, like, the traditional style doesn't always work. Like, oh, I'm going to go do open mics and hope something happens. And I-, I get that aspect of it because you've seen that a million times where people just end up road dogging it, if, if not even that. Like, just doing local shows and have to work a day job and then they never do anything with it. Yeah. Or they become bookers or managers or something like that. So I guess trying to do it unconventionally can work, but at the same time, it just seems so aggressive. Well, I think uh, I think anything could work. Like (laughs) I was saying, you know what I mean. So you can we can sit here and strategize. See, I'm like, I don't know. I've been doing comedy for over 20 years. I've been doing professionally for over 15 years, and I still can't like figure out some roadmap. Yeah. You just got to put some work out there and uh, hope hope, hope something someone likes it. Yeah. Hope it leads to something, whatever, but you got to like it at, you got to want to do the things that you're doing and you got to be into the things that you're doing. So if you are really into fucking sending videos to other comics, <laughs> like if you're an open micer and you're really into sending videos to, like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, D.L. Hughley or somebody that big. Yeah. An original uh, king most of comedy. Of it, just like anything else. Most of the time it's not going to work. And then who fucking knows? I am not encouraging anyone to do this. I don't think it's a good idea. But also who fucking knows? Because all we've ever gotten when we do make progress in this business, it's because, you know, take the, your first club date. It was because you were doing open mic so much that you actually had five minutes. Yeah. Well, it's weird and too, so you could be like, all right, doing open mics for two years isn't going to get me anywhere, but it kind of is. It, yeah. And sending tapes out for two years straight. Who fucking <laughs> knows anything as long as you do it enough. And then you also have to know when to stop. Yeah. Like if you're doing it too much, you need to space it out. Yeah. Well, you hear those weird stories all the time where it's like, you know, I was nobody or I was doing open mics for like five years and then. I ran into somebody or someone happened to see my set and then boom, my whole life changed. I think it's all about consistency, number one. Yeah. So if you're a a podcaster, put out your podcast every week, every day, however you do it, as long as it's consistent. Yeah. And then I think the other side of it is just being there in person 
does so much. And that's why most of the stories are, I met so-and-so at the improv and he liked my comedy. Yeah. And then things went well for me after that. Well, what is that Vince Lombardi quote? It's not like luck is actually just preparation and time or something like that. Yeah, but I mean like also just being there. Yeah. So luck, you get more luck when you're there. Like, so in other words, you get more luck when you play the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's how I got to meet Bill Burr. Right. Was just showing up to the stand all the time. Right. And then you and I were hanging out and then Bill happened to be there and I showed up after work and yeah. The most Bill Burr thing that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you what he said? Where he yeah. goes, yeah. You're you can tell the audience if you want. You ju- are you going to join our conversation or are you just going to stand there like a fucking creep? And I was like, yes. <laughs> That's the most Bill Burr thing ever. Right. It's a nice little personalized comedy. Yeah, thing. right? Yeah. It's like my own little uh, my own little uh, minute. Your own little in-person pod. Your own little cameo. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. You know that voice, friend of the show, the concierge himself, your baby's father, Matt Fulcheron, the full charge. What's up, ex-drinking buddy world? (laughs) So Matt was kind (laughs) enough to come back on the show. Um, You kind of set yourself up for that one. When we were hanging out and you were like, yeah, man, if you ever need a guest, let me know. And then literally like a day later, I was like, hey, man, remember when you said if I ever need a guest, let you know? Well, yeah. I mean, everybody gets one. Everybody gets a freebie. (laughs) Right? This can't happen every week. No. (laughs) So let's enjoy it. Oh, but I really do appreciate you coming on. But we have been podcasting offline. Yes, we have. Lately, we've been so in in vain. That's what it is In theme with what we've been talking about. Is Brennan and I have been making ourselves get out of the apartment. Yep. Even if we don't have a spot, go to the stand and take it easy. Hang out. And just take just some be food there. off their hands. Yeah. That pizza, man. It's, I mean, it can't, it's unsustainable, but it is more fun than doing comedy. Yeah. It's a <laughs> lot more. <laughs> we can't, we can't <laughs> work like this forever. No, I guess eventually we gotta we're going to have to get on coming stage. In yeah. Eventually. But in the meantime, it's been a lot of let's fun. Let's just lay down some dollars and eat some pizza. Yeah, you and, did the. Um, you you've been the last few times we've gone. Almost every single time they've asked you to go up, or certain comics have asked you to yeah, go up. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that's always good. That's good, and that's what I mean. Just like reminding people you're alive. Yeah, it's such a good thing. Well, it's always so cool when we walk in there because, like you said earlier, you've been doing comedy twenty years professionally for fifteen. And every time we walk in there, at least three or four comics are like, George, that's so nice that um, like that's just so cool about being a comic is I can go all over the country and different places like the San Francisco punchline. Yeah, and I'll know like fucking five people there. Yeah. L.A., New York. Yeah. Miami. Whatever, dude. I mean, it's like being in a um fraternity, a fraternity almost. or just some kind of group. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it's cool, too, because it doesn't matter. That's the one thing I'm noticing, too. Everyone can hear Maya. She's a big stay on the st- show now. Um, that's one thing. I'm definitely a star. I've noticed, too, is that uh, like just introducing myself or when you introduce me to people as like, oh, this is Brennan. He's a comic from Florida. It's immediate like, oh, OK, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I was there one time by myself Just hanging out at the bar Because I won't sit with the comics I don't know Even the comics I know I won't sit with Yeah It's like a weird Like I'm not past here This isn't my Like if they come sit with us That's one there's thing no, Yeah and there's nothing wrong with that either Yeah it's yeah. like a respect thing It's like that's your table Like I'm going to leave it alone So I was sitting at the bar 
and uh, one of the comics came up that I know kind of well, and we were talking. And then next thing you know, there was like two or three other, and we're all like just hanging out. And I was like, oh, I immediately texted Savannah and was like, I think this is working. Yeah. And that's another thing is like that I would tell, I think we're talking to people who are just starting out. Yeah. Is you don't have to try too hard. You can passive aggressive has kind of a, um, that's not the right terminology. It's like my version of passive aggressive where like you just show up, feel it out, see what works out. I remember I was just doing open mics in LA in like the late nineties. Yeah. And, um, and then I remember I went to the comedy store to check it out, which I didn't do that much. I yeah. stayed out of the clubs for years. Okay. I just did open mics. I didn't really have, like, it was so much harder to have a game plan back then. Yeah. And I just didn't think if I showed up to a club, I would just go on, which I didn't. But I remember showing up, and Jason Galern, I don't know if you know him. No. But he's a comic in L.A., and he recognized me from the open mics. Okay. And he was just like, hey, you ever been here before? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, cool, let me show you around. Oh, that's and awesome. And I just remember... Not expecting that and or that from him. Yeah. Because he was more established than me. But like I didn't realize I was already starting to become part of it. Yeah. Part of the, the group. The scene, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't think I was really like um certified yet. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? This is cool. You know? Well, and, that's exactly what's happened with you and I. Cause mm-hmm. Like you had done the podcast before we did it via Zoom and you've always been incredibly nice to me, mm-hmm. which, you know, you don't see all the time, especially in this. And, and I I am responsible for doing that to other people mm-hmm. like in Jacksonville as an established comic. I'd have new people come up and like want to talk to me. And I'm just kind of like, like, we have to see you out here a lot more before <laughs> we start like kicking it. Um, but you were always incredibly polite to me and super nice. And it was interesting because when I got up here. And you and I hung out because I had seen you go up at the stand a couple times mm-hmm. before you and I had like really even right. talked like since you got here. Yeah. And then you were just like, yeah, man, we should totally hang out. And right. that same exact thing as I was just like, yeah, but like you're the full charge. Like I'm not like I'm, who am I? Right. And then we just started hanging out and it, it you know, we've become friends and it's like, oh, that's like and never in a million I'm years really, in my head did I think, you know, like, you might think I'm the full charge, but I'm really just Matt full charge. <laughs> You don't say. Matthew Fulcheron when I go to the doctor's office, you yeah, know, right? I don't think, you know, I see in I, my head, it's the, you know, the full charge. <laughs> no, this, this, um, this business is incredibly, it can make you feel really good about yourself, but it could also humble you to the point where you know that you're just a regular person. Yeah. And you're not, uh, and like you're, you get a lot of credit for just showing up. That's like, true I too. wouldn't seek you out in Florida. Yeah. But since I'm running into you here. Well, that's the no thing too. Is you being in Florida. No, but. It, and if it, you do go back to Florida, I will hang out with you. <laughs> I'm just saying based on our previous relationship. But it makes so much sense because I was talking to Savannah about this the other day. And this is something that I know you can 100 percent relate to because I've you know followed you for a long time. And it's we were having a conversation just about doing comedy and being in New York and a lot of people talk about it. Like a lot of people are like, oh, that's what I got. And it's so weird to think about. Like I've been talking about moving to New York with Savannah for years. Like, oh, and then everything's going to change. And now we're here. And I came to this. Real- I was like, oh, I'm trying to do one of the hardest things yeah. in the world. Just moving alone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It's I was like, we literally left our entire lives behind. Yeah. We both grew up in Florida. 
and it's more than just leaving things behind. It's figuring out how to do normal things in a strange environment. Yeah. Whether it's just even just mailing a letter or like figuring out. I don't know how to turn the heat on. Where to, yeah, anything. You name it. I can help you with that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I literally texted her like, I'm going to have to ask Matt how to do this. I have no idea. I'll be like, what's your landlord's phone number? That's oh, how I'll figure it out. No, I'll figure it out, I think. <laughs> my, my fiance can definitely figure it out. Oh, She's yeah. badass. She shames me. Not like I shame myself. Yeah. When she does my She's like, jobs. move? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get out of the way. I just like. I don't even bring it up. I just right, I don't want her. Whatever you say. The opportunity to <laughs> shit on me, which she truly deserves. But <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like you, we were saying though, it's it's difficult when you move to a new area to try and figure it out, especially doing something like this. It's like there's so many people who are comedians. Right. Every city has a scene. Every right. city has a Facebook page. Every yeah. city has a. Well, here's what's funny about most scenes is. Uh, in a rare occurrence, you're the guy that shows up and everybody loves. Yeah. That's rare. That's like Very one guy rare. every three years. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, you show up and the, it's like, fuck the new guy. Yeah. And they were like, or we just don't know him or we're just not interested. In oh, him. yeah. <laughs> and then, like after a year, like they turn to you to go, fuck the new guy. Yeah. Fuck this new guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So you That's just, exactly how you just grandfather yourself in. Yeah. And you didn't do anything special. You're just there. You're just there longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been really bizarre. The human tribalism It's a weird it's thing. It's just so strange. And we always are surprised by it because we don't step outside of our tribe that much. Yeah. But when we realize that we're trying to fit in with a new tribe, it's very strange. Yeah, if you're just like hanging out with, say you're hanging out with your friend's friends. That's weird. That's a weird thing. Her friends? Weird. Yeah, that's a weird thing. Weird thing. Because you, you say things that you know, feel, they're like completely in character with yourself. They can get a laugh with your friends. Does that happen to you? But of course it does. <laughs> and it's worse for us because... People know we're comedians. Yeah. So you go and say something funny and it's not funny. And people are like. Or you cross a line thinking this isn't where the line is with my friends. Crossing the line. Yeah. Crossing the line. That's I hate that. But to me, it's when I say something they don't think is funny. And they go, is this guy really <laughs> fucking comedian? Yeah, I'll show you my text. I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Has that. After like three strikes. Yeah. You know, after like three fucking. He gets paid for this? Yeah. Like, I don't think so. No. That's why they're always going, we'd love to come see you sometime. Like, we want to know how the fuck this works. Yeah. That's um interesting, too, because there are so many people that I've met along my way that uh, are the funniest guy at work. Right. Or the funniest guy in the break room. Or the we'll never be guy. that funny. No. And it's... So this happened to me... And it's not because they're funny. It's just... It's because they're fucking... Inside uh, joke. It's mediocre, in actually. Yeah. They're like mainstream yeah and usually doing jokes that are pre-approved by the people they're stealing them from yeah. <laughs> or it's just good inside jokes yeah well and that's the other thing too is that i've been on shows before where the comic goes up and does street jokes and the audience is like dying and i'm like these are yeah. internet jokes. like right. what are we like what is happening right 
And then I go up and I do the jokes that I've written, that I've thought right. about, that I've like killed myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like just writing and rewriting and trying it and then working it out. And then like they get like mediocre chuckles. And I'm like, yeah, the last guy humped the stool. Right. Like, what the fuck? Well, the first of all, the audience isn't aware of the rules. Yeah, that's true. We are. Uh, <laughs> second of all, like the that guy, that guy can only win like temporarily. Yeah. So you have to have that painful night yeah. where you have to follow some guy who just bought his jokes. And it's so funny when they come back, like the next time they come back to the mic, not all their friends are there. Yeah. It's a room full of strangers. Yeah. And they're not going to get the inside jokes or they've and then, heard and these most, street jokes. And a lot of nights, those strange, those, um, what do you call those street jokes? Yeah. They get groans, oh, yeah. baby. And then you can't even like riff. Because all you know is the, your street jokes. Yeah, that's the best time to and be And now there. you're nervous, so you're forgetting your street jokes? <laughs> they're like three seconds long, dude. Get your shit together. <laughs> you can't. I think it was you who said it, but I say it all the time to people now where it's like, they'll check their phone and I go, you can't memorize five minutes? <laughs> you're supposed to be a goddamn professional. Putting in your six-digit uh, code yeah, to, to check out your phone is like a huge chunk of five minutes. Yeah, it's literally. That's a huge percentage. Like a tenth of your time. Yeah. And it's so funny to me when people do that. It's like it's we're not at an open mic like trying new stuff. Like yeah, right. then I get it. But like, you were asked to do a five minute spot that you you might get paid for. Or, yeah. You know you were you know what I mean. Like it's right. a spot on a show, and you're gonna stare at your phone the whole time. Yeah, like you're an asshole. <laughs> I've seen I've seen comics give other comics shit too at uh, about like there's a in comedy of magic there's like a five in July it's five minute sets. Yeah. So there'll be twenty of us doing five minute sets. God. And um, and like one time I forget who these guys were. I forget like which comics this was. But yeah. the, I remember the argument. The guy was going up on stage with a beer and he goes, you need a beer to do five minutes because you need to take that up there. Like what what chance do you think you have of taking a break <laughs> to drink that beer? <laughs> That's so true. Though. And Norm Macdonald, I heard uh, he's, he's he turned right to me at the comedy store one time. He was about to go on. He was shitting on some guy drinking beer. Not really shitting on, just commenting on it. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy like, hey, you know, hey. taking, taking breaks to uh, drink a beer. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, he's taking breaks to drink a beer. I'm, I'm going to go up there and eat a full lobster dinner, you know, <laughs> put the bib on and a knife and fork. Wouldn't that be fucking crazy? I, it, was just, it was just so nice to have, like you said, to have that. Norm McDonald. That personal yeah. show. Yeah. And he was like, tell me more, Norm. Yeah. God, I miss him. He was so funny. He was the best. We, um, well, again, I am very happy you came on the show. I wanted to, uh, I know a lot of times you and I, when we get together, we just riff about comedy because there's mm. so much, there's so much going on. Yeah. But we are obviously at, you know, you're much more established than I am. You know, you've got your, the credits and you tour all over the world and I'm just kind of starting out here in New York. So I kind of wanted to give the listeners from what you can remember, like an inside look at when you first started out like touring and stuff yeah how like what was that like because you're probably the most established you are the most established comedian i've i have on the show yeah um and probably not again you are the most established comedian as far as traveling and the people you tour with and everything like that so to me it's it's fascinating this whole like this road dog lifestyle or like because when you were younger you talk about it now where you don't really drink anymore and yeah. you kind of just smoke to go to sleep. But when you were younger, did you get after it? Like when you would go out on yeah. the road and like, what was that like? Yeah. For, for, um, 
I used to drink heavily. <laughs> I just did, you know. Uh, I was really just a weekend warrior until I was about 22. Okay, and you? Well, and how old were you when you I remember started? I, I, I didn't start drinking till regularly until I was 18. Until okay. I went to college. Yeah. But I did have a couple of uh, drunken nights in high school, and I never wanted to get into it. Yeah. I never wanted because to me. I really thought it would fuck up my brain like like in a like I really bought into the idea that it would erase parts of my brain. Oh, wow. OK. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if that's even really true. I don't think it is. I've heard that it isn't true that when they say it kills brain cells, it doesn't mean like you lose chunks of your brain. No. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. Trust me. As, so, as a recovering alcoholic, I can so, tell you. It right. I know. And, and I've drank so much now that I know that I'm much smarter than I was before I started drinking. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, without even thinking about it, the, when I first started doing the, when I first got to L no. Okay. So backtrack, uh, I stayed in Baltimore one summer I usually would go home for the summer. Okay, when you were in college, and would barely drink because I was underage, and you were home. I just wasn't into going to bars, and so like every once in a while there'd be a party, and I drink. But I would go months. I'd probably drink like five times in one summer. Oh, okay. And I wouldn't even be like counting because yeah. I didn't give a shit back then. I wasn't like I didn't have the. Well, you were um, skateboarding stuff too back then, right? Mm -hmm. Skateboarding lifeguarding just doing regular shit yeah but and then i was playing music with my friends and my friends didn't drink heavily that has a lot to do with it yeah and um but then i spent one summer in baltimore when i was 22 and we and i lived with a bunch of guys and we would just like go to the bar every night that summer so that's like when it started okay. becoming more than just the weekends yeah and then actually i uh ironically when school started again less drinking okay you know it was kind of the reverse of before yeah um but that's all relative because I was drinking more now. Yeah. Um, then when I got to L.A., I just I I really drank a lot from the time I was 23 to the time I was 40. OK, I just did. Um, so was I, that a product of the lifestyle of doing comedy and being out or was, was that? No, because when I first showed up to L.A., I didn't even do comedy. OK. Yeah. So, cause you, 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 we talked so about that. It was just like meeting people and. Um, and Swingers had just come out, that movie Swingers, and we were all just wanted to go. We're going to be up 500 like, by all, midnight, yeah, baby. Yeah, we were going to be up 500 by midnight. And we would, uh, everybody I knew was just into drinking and going out to bars. And it was just like, yeah, I, I, I want to do it too. And I, and I knew it was, it was more than I should be doing. Yeah. But it also wasn't out of control because when you're showing up to work. Yeah, nobody's, And you're you don't have any bills. real problems and you're 23 and you can bounce back, it's not that much of a problem. Looking back, I regret that, what I know about alcohol now, I regret that um, that I drank so much because I just think I made things so much more difficult on myself. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, and and just the, the, the amount of depression I know it causes now. Like, it just... It can get you in a bad way in your head, and, yep. and you don't know where it's coming from. I and I sometimes you're like, I don't even know why. And then you're drinking, like you realize. And I was aware of the cycle of alcohol abuse. Yeah, but I still didn't think it applied to me that much. Where clearly, looking back, it did. You you, you drink because you're unhappy, and you're unhappy because you but, drink. And but a lot of more of it had to do with just trying to fit in and socialize. And I wanted to go to the bar, 
and I didn't want to sit there sober. Yeah. I wanted to participate. Yeah, absolutely. So it was actually about me wanting to be at the bar at that point. And, and like, you want to meet girls and you just want to have a good time. Yeah. You know, there was like, that was like important to me back then. <laughs> now I don't give a shit if I have a good time. <laughs> I really don't. I want to get my work done. And yeah, no, actually, to be honest with you, I've been more open to, cause I've swung too hard in the other direction of taking life too seriously and trying to get things done all the time Yeah, that I've trying to find some middle ground. And that's what, I, and that's what, you know, my my life with my my fiance is about it's like let's enjoy ourselves because that's what this is about yeah absolutely. And so i've been getting into that more yeah because it's one of those things where i know for me personally it's one of those things where if i if i'm so focused on like you know no gotta do the next show can't hang out like can't you know go out with friends can't do this can't do that like this this like gotta get it done gotta get it done the next thing you know it's like oh i've been here for two months and i haven't done anything fun yeah you you when you lose the joy you lose the productivity so it, you, it's it's you know we have so many ideas that work against our goals yeah so you go work 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 and then if your work is creative then what is that what is your creative work about it's about work all of a sudden yeah it's, then it doesn't it's like a feedback loop that doesn't work oh yeah it's, and yeah. so as hard as i've been working for like the past 10 years I had such a hard time like coming up with new material that sticked until the pandemic forced me to sit down to avoid work, not yeah. sit down and work. It put me through some shit. Okay. And so I had something to write about. And so it was a year of not working that gave me actually, and it was tough material. It was, this material is earned Yeah. and it was tough to go through, but it, um, and now I've got something. And it was at a time I got this material at a time when I wasn't working. I was doing a good job writing it down every day. Yeah, I, I was doing that. I was putting that much work in. Yeah. Um, and then also, you have to. You just have to have, like, I'm. I'm always worrying. How do I get back to that, that place where comedy was exciting to me? Yeah. Comedy was interesting to me, and it's from. <laughs> you got to go not do comedy. <laughs> Well, and that's the you funny gotta thing go about it too. Experience is, shit. Yeah, I was just about to say. Sometimes, a lot of times now, like if I'm going to work or going to the stand or like going out somewhere, I'll leave my headphones here. I'll like not take anything. I won't look at my phone. Like I'll turn my phone off or I'll turn. I'll put my phone in my backpack and I'll just go try to experience like New York. Yeah, and there's I've some, been doing that lately too. There's some really crazy shit that you'll see or hear or just like. Wait, what? What just happened? And yeah. it's really opened me up to like be able to write about that kind yeah. of stuff more. So that's like a much more efficient way to write. Yeah, you go walk around for an hour with your voice recorder. That's I've been doing that now too because you, you were boom. telling me that. And then, and then just decipher those notes the next day. Yeah, because before I would, I was telling you I would walk and like go over new material, like just saying it out loud, thinking I would remember it. Yeah. And then I ran into this problem where I would remember the premise, but I couldn't remember the tags that I wrote. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's you voice recorded. And I was right, like, oh, right, yeah. Right, duh. Right. Yeah. And so that's actually been incredibly helpful, too, because it's it's bizarre. We talked about this last episode that you were on, but how much is happening in the city where it frees your mind because you can't focus so much on what's happening in your head because there's yeah. you got you got to have your head on a swivel i'll explain how it was explained to me in an acting class which i truly love and never have looked up to see if it's true or not but i believe it's true 
because, but it works nonetheless. Yeah. So the acting teacher told, you know, he, he talked more about like driving your car. You know, when you're driving a car and you like miss an exit or whatever mm-hmm. and you're just daydreaming about God knows what it's because when you're driving a car or when you're walking around New York City, the part of your brain that keeps you safe is occupied. Yeah. And with creative ideas, your brain is actually working against yourself a lot of the times where you'll go, oh, this would be funny. And then some other voice goes, that's not going to be funny. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not going to work. Like yeah. there is a voice going at the very least going, would that work? Can that work? I don't think that could work. work. So that's the same part of your brain. It's just trying to keep you safe. Yeah. From embarrassment. Oh, on stage. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So that part of your brain is occupied. And so your creative brain is free. Yeah. To just think about the grandest shit that's why you can if you're walking around daydreaming about being on stage doing a joke which i don't know how you how material a lot of times if i'm like think of a good joke i immediately visualize myself telling it on stage yeah me too and you're just killing oh murder (laughs) murder whereas if i'm sitting at a desk I'm not really killing. I'm actually coming up with savers before the joke even. Bombs. That's oh my god! I never even thought of it that way because when I try to sit down, so I've got this whiteboard back here, and when I try to work out a bit for the first time on the whiteboard, like yeah. just in the house, yeah, it never it never works. Like yeah. I have to go out and either try it on stage, or I have to like walk around and think about it. Yeah. And then once I do it one time and I record it, because I always record my sets, I'll record it and then I'll come back and then I can fiddle on the whiteboard. Right. But like you're saying, I've written material out just like like sitting around and writing it out. And I'm always thinking of ways to fix the joke before I even write the joke. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's why don't you just try it, asshole, and then see where it goes. Right. Because your saver is going to be authentic at that point. Yeah. You're going to be like, blah, like (laughs) that's when the part of your brain. That's trying to save you actually fucking works. Yeah, it kicks in your in. favor. Yeah, there's so many times where I've and I've done this as a defense mechanism. I'll pull the mic away. Yeah, and I'll say something, and it, like the first two rows laugh because they heard me, and nobody else laughs. And Savannah finally was like, "Keep the mic at your face, <laughs> idiot." I was like, "Yeah, but I don't know if it's gonna be funny or not." She goes, "It's all. It always works. Like, why would you do that?" Right. I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I should yeah, do yeah, that." Yeah, yeah. But uh, in, in as far as drinking at shows, yeah. When I first started, yeah, you know, again, off the rails. again, looking back, like, I wish I wasn't drinking as much because um, even at that young age, I started doing the road when I was 26. Okay. Just barely. I had like three road gigs. Yeah. I, I fucking, I worked at a video duplication place. Right. And I finally got a good set on tape. Yeah. And I, I got a discount. I got it all duplicated. Uh, I got like 50 VHS tapes made. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I bought this this book that had like comedy clubs and their addresses. Okay. And I sent out like 50 tapes and two people got back to me. There you go. And I went out and did, uh, I went to Tucson, Arizona. What club was there? There was called Laughs Comedy Cafe, and then they had another club in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Laughs Comedy Cafe. And the first couple nights, I... Were these headlining gigs? No, these were feature gigs. Okay. Like, I was doing, like, a true half hour. Yeah. Which I'd only ever done 10 minutes at a time. I was going to say, do you have a true half hour? so I just sewed together 30 30 minutes of material. Yeah. And it worked, like, really well for the first couple nights. I was crushing. 
but I didn't know how to. And then like on Saturday night, uh, I just wasn't getting the laughs and I like freaked out. And I think I only did like 20 minutes Okay. and got off stage and it was a huge deal. And yeah, because I don't think for the time, I don't think booze was helping me then either, (laughs) because now I know if I'm going to drink before I go on stage, it better be a very minimal amount of beer and it better be right before I go on stage. Yeah, because you got to catch the up Uh, swing. You cannot catch the downswing. And when you do it two shows, you can't get around that. Oh, yeah. And I also. I also didn't know to drink a little bit. I thought I was like, the more I drank, the funnier I was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny Depp in uh, Fear and Loathing? Yeah. Like, I just I thought, get fucked up. I just thought it was going to be better that way because I'm used, think about the world I'm used to operating in. Uh, a, a world where I only do 10 minutes. Yeah. No one's paying me. If I get off early... Nobody cares because there's 15 people waiting. Yeah, to go they're excited. On. They're like, "All right, cool. Right, you only right, did right. seven. Awesome." So, so you, I could get like fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but what you also don't know is alcohol can also make you clam up. Oh yeah. Like when you get confused, and you also think that when you drink, you're not going to get nervous, but you can get nervous on top of being drunk. Yeah, I've had that. And happen And then before. you get that really dry mouth. Yep. It's a mo- it doesn't it doesn't you start save getting, you. You start forgetting. So, you start so, blanking. So, it's almost like if you went up there completely sober and you were nervous, you'd be nervous for like the first three minutes or whatever. But then all that nervous energy would be out of you by like the five minute mark or the yeah. seven minute mark or whatever. But with the with the booze, you just get kind of confused. <laughs> I don't know. Like nothing's working for you when you're drunk up there. Yeah. It's just not working. It only works when they were already going to like you anyway. Yeah, that's true. Cause we, this actually, that actually happened at the show I did Saturday. Yeah. There was one comic. Sure. He, uh, came in and he's like, yeah, this is like the second or third time I've ever done comedy. And I was like, I, that's when I texted you. I was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, but I'm like, you know, I work around a lot of people. Like, I'm always talking to people, and I'm I'm pretty funny. <laughs> so i I just been drinking all day. Yeah. And I was like, that is all not. Day. Yeah. He said he started drinking at noon, and the show was at 6. We started around 6.30. I was yeah. like, that. And you're in the back, like, bar area, so they'll serve you. Right. Like, if you're going to pay for it, they'll serve you. Yeah. So he just kept drinking. And I was oh like, this God. is not, this is not how this is going to go. Like, this is not going to yeah. go well. Yeah. And he got off stage and he goes, yeah, I got some laughs, but they weren't where I thought they were going to be. You know, yeah. When they were laughing at you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And and you also you don't realize that you're in your own world when you're drinking. Yeah. And so you're less. And what you don't realize is comedy is more of a conversation than you think it is. So, like, we're the only ones talking, but you have to, like, rock back and forth with their energy. Yep. And so if you you you're just doing a monologue if you're too drunk sometimes you're not connecting. I didn't even think about it like that but that's so true is that when you when any of us are on stage it is a back and forth because I've gone done sets where I'm like nervous and I just bulldoze the entire set and I'm like oh that set didn't go well I don't know why and it's like oh because I didn't even give them a chance to You got to dance with them a little bit. Yeah, I didn't even give yeah. them a chance to like ingest what I was saying. I yeah. just kept talking. Yeah. And then people aren't laughing and I was like yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I still do that sometimes. Yeah, I get like in my head and then I'll just That almost happened to me on Saturday. I was like I have to get through this 5 minutes. 
instead of being like, oh, well, if I need to stop because people are laughing, then just stop. Yeah. But I was in my head like, no, I know this is a good five minutes. I want to get through the entire five minutes. Right. Especially because I end on a story that's two and a half minutes long. Yeah. So it's like I can't I can't get halfway into the story and then get the light and then be like fucked yeah no it's like i have to get through it right there's there's another thing i learned in this acting class which was they call it set it and forget it so if you're doing a um a show where the the material counts yeah like you were doing like a showcase where it's like a tight five minutes then you rehearse the shit out of the five minutes and then you go up there and you don't you have to throw away the idea that you have to do the five minutes perfectly or it even has to end at the end or anything like that. It's called set it and forget it. Yeah. So you already did all that homework. Yeah. It's there. And then you have to uh, all of a sudden adapt the attitude of it's really is not about the material. You think it's about the material, but it's, it's not. not about the material. It's about the personal experience yeah. that you have with these people up here and your personality. It's about your personality and that's and it's about your conversation. And so the material is only a tool. Yeah. And so a mechanic, you know, uh, you don't have to use every tool. Yeah. And also like a good mechanic can do something with a pretty shitty wrench. Yeah. Whereas uh, I can't do anything with a thousand dollar wrench. <laughs> I'm not a mechanic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not so much about the tools. It's great to have nice tools. You got to have nice tools. We got to work on it. We got to get the good material. It's important. Yeah. But it's not the most important thing for the next 10 minutes. When you go on stage, it's not. And it's when you're taping a Netflix special, the material is very important. Yeah. But even, but as soon as you grab that mic and the cameras are rolling, that's not how you're thinking about it now. You're now thinking about it as I'm fucking letting go and flowing. Yeah. yeah. I'm flowing. Well, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because hindsight, when I listened back to it, cause I, I taped it. And so when I listened back to it, I, I honestly said to myself, I could have just written the laughs and then just not done the last story. Yeah. I could because all the bits that I had are longer bits, but I cut everything out of it and just took the funniest parts from each bit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I could have written the bits a little harder because I do have more to each one of those bits. I could have just written those harder and just not done the last story. Yeah. And that's hindsight. Like now thinking about it as I was like, oh, I could have just written that. Because there were times where I literally stopped for a beat because everyone was laughing. And I was like, I got to keep go- like, I got to get this five minutes out. <laughs> yeah. And so I just talked over them while they were laughing. Right, and it's like, right. what? Why yeah. would you do that? Uh, you know, I don't, are, you, are you not used to five minute sets? Well, no, because in That's Jacksonville. Not, usually had longer sets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I've, I've Cause it's about not just it. about the fact that you're only doing five minutes. It's about that there's. 15 guys on the show. Yeah. And it's very exhausting for the audience. That's, that's, so the they have too. to go, okay, who is this guy? Yeah. And by the time they figure out the comic, the comic's getting off stage. Yeah, exactly. And, and then the next guy shows up and they're like, fuck this, this next yeah. guy. Like, we, 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 were, we were going with, we that, were with guy. that other this guy. This is the first funny guy. Yeah. 35 minutes in. And that's, that's another interesting thing is the, uh, because I'm so obsessed with like, since I came into that idea of like transitioning from setup punch to storytelling. Yeah. I'm like been so obsessed with like, I can't do five minutes. Five minutes is like one and a half bits. Like I can't do. And it's like, well, you better fucking learn how to do yeah. it. Like that's required. That's a requirement. Sure. You're going to want a late night set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like one of those things where it's in Jacksonville, because I was a part of the scene. It's like, like I'm doing 
12 or 10 or 15 or 17. It's like yeah. we're not doing fives yeah. unless we're doing like an open mic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like here, it's like, no, it's required. You need to have a tight five. Right. If you want to get any kind of work. Right. Every showcase is going to be a tight five. Right. So figure it out, dummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't so hard on yourself. And I just steamrolled. <laughs> but I, I texted you after because obviously I look up to you as far as, you know, comedy and, you know, doing this kind of shit. So I texted you and I was like, man, I'm really hard on myself, but I think it went pretty well. Yeah. So no, you were just telling me that you were giving me an honest answer. Yeah. When you say you're being hard on yourself. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean. And now you're being really hard on yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. You're like, you're like the coach the next day in the locker room. Pointing to the video. Yeah, oh yeah. You fuckers won by the skin of your teeth. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> you lucky You did not bitches. deserve it. But you, um, going back to uh, when you started touring, yeah. you said you started with three dates. Yeah, so the second date, so it was the same club booker. All right, so he was there the night I only did 20, which added to my nervousness. Okay. Probably. Oh, it's all clear to me looking back. But when it's happening to you and you're 26 and you've never done the road yeah, and you're drinking. You Were no, you like super excited to go out and do it? I was incredibly excited. Because I think about that now. Like I hear you guys talk like the comics who've been doing it for a while and have traveled so much and everything where it's like, God, the airport, God. the And I'm like, dude, I would love to be at the airport yeah. every no, weekend. No, I'm back to like just enjoying yeah. just whatever. <laughs> but but you, I mean, it is easy to get jaded when you're doing it for a living and you know you're just only going to make your nut this month. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. it's like breaking even. You know, when you're doing it, you're breaking. You get lost in the, um, you know, it kind of ruins the fun in a way. That's true. You where know? you're like, oh, I'm gonna make just enough to survive. Right. Like that's any job. It gets yeah. It gets, where you're doing gets, that is and so and, and that's fine on a week where you like the club, oh, but God. when you're going to do something that you don't want to do, or they don't pay you, or they fuck you over, or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so if you were making. Like, I don't know, 10 grand to go do like a bowling alley show. You'd be in a great fucking movie. (laughs) You'd be laughing about it. This show sucks. (laughs) You know, you wouldn't give a fuck. I'm rich. Right. But when you just like, and and especially when you're behind on your bills. Yeah. And you're working just to continue to be broke. Is just really can make it kind of bitter, you know, but I still had a job. Yeah. And I was so excited about being a comedian that these shows, but I also... I also thought I was like exceptionally good. I thought I was so fucking good. Yeah. And I was devastated that I didn't That's what I'm going have <laughs> uh such a good that I was devastated that I basically failed for the week. That's how I looked at it. Yeah. But looking back, no, I didn't fail for the week. I failed on like a show or two. Yeah. I actually fucking succeeded very well. This was a Wednesday through Sunday. Oh, my God. And I only fucked up two shows. Yeah, and you're doing two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. I give myself a lot of love for that. Yeah. I mean, half an hour is no joke. No. Well, and especially doing it, like, in rapid success, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and so I remember I I stopped by my my girlfriend at the time's place in San Diego on the way home to L.A., and... I was just like, I, I fucked up. I thought my career was over in yeah. this weird sort of way. Like, that's what First I was telling. First weekend out. And that's what I was, I was telling myself. Yeah. Like, because clearly I should be doing better than this. And I should. But I've seen so many features do so much worse. Now. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> than my worst set. You know? Where it's just silence for yeah. like 28 minutes. I got something out of them. Yeah. And I had the instincts to get off stage even though that wasn't the right thing to do. But still. It was the right thing to do for the show. Yeah. Anyway. So I was devastated. The 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 the, the booker was there and he's like, you know what? Why don't you MC instead of feature Ooh. in Albuquerque? And you know, you you know, it didn't have the same blow to me that that you're giving it right now. Like, yeah. Ooh, like because you gotta know this is before like comedy was on the internet. Oh yeah. And so you... I was still a rookie and I didn't know that obviously I knew it wasn't good. Yeah. But I didn't know that like I didn't know like MCs versus featuring like the hierarchy of yeah, that. Yeah, Obviously yeah. I knew one was better than the other. But you didn't re- But yeah. it didn't offend me. Yeah. And I it was actually like a relief I didn't get fired. You and just got repurposed. I got yeah, and then that week the shows were like tons of fun. And I'm glad I got demoted because that was a tough room. Yeah. And people were like smoking. Like oh, was, really? And they look like shit. Like I just it just I had been in LA for so long. Shouts out Albuquerque. No offense, Albuquerque. But <laughs> they know. You know. They know. There's a reason they feel breaky bad there. <laughs> <laughs> um and but that was more fun because I actually I lived with the the headliner that week, and it was another long week. Yeah, I think it might have been even like Tuesday through oh, Sunday. God. But it was cool with me because like, what are you doing? Seven up top? I'm doing probably fifteen up top. Oh damn! Okay, but fifteen, like fifteen, no problem. That's yeah, I could. You know, and and they liked me there, and the bartender liked me, and and I even heard that the um the manager was a dick, but he called me in on the last day, and I'm like, oh fuck, and he's like, people are saying you're doing really good this week. Like hell yeah. back, and I'm like, oh shit, hell yeah, you know. And I mean, he, I was only making like 200 bucks for like seven, for, the, God. for like for like five, six days of work. Yeah, seven shows, eight shows, whatever. But I didn't God. care because I, again, I didn't know, and uh, that really was an okay amount of money back then. Believe it or not, yeah, my rent was only 350 bucks back then. Oh, so two weekends, two hundred. Well, yeah, it was six hundred, and I think it was even on like paid vacation. Yeah, so I was doing all right. It was actually a good. Oh yeah, because you still had yeah. the the job. Mm-hmm. So, but I was drinking there. I remember one night they gave me a uh, somebody ordered me a mind eraser, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, and the bartender actually like cut me off in a loving way after that. Oh really? I think, or he just gave me like diluted drinks or something like that. But like. He only told me the next day. I didn't even notice. Yeah. But I was really fucked up. But anyways, <laughs> I learned a, a, a very important lesson um, that. So these guys came up to me afterwards and were like, dude, you're so funny. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to this bar. You want to come with us? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, no. Because I was all about the party. Yeah. This goes against everything really you taught was. me now. Yeah. No, this is how I learned. I learned the hard <laughs> way. So you fuckers out there don't have to. So I actually got in a car and went someplace. Oh, God. And it's like it's like the end of The Graduate when you go hang out with people after a show. Yeah. Like, it's all of a sudden you find out, like, oh, we have nothing in nothing common. Nothing in common. You think you're funny. You also thought I was funny, but we don't. 
have anything to talk about. And now you're just steamrolling I'm me just trying there. to get your bits out. I'm just there with four people who know each other. Yeah, exactly. I'm at a bar and I'm there for hours because this is before Uber and I wouldn't even know how to get home anyway. Yeah. And I remember like we're finally going home and I'm in the car and I think there was some commotion going on with the guys I was with. Uh-oh. And then like one guy in the car next to me goes, damn, man, I hope they get out here soon. He goes, I don't want to go back to jail. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my God, what is going on? Like, what's going on? I made it home safe and sound. And uh, the headliner was at the uh, the condo. And he was like, where were you, young man? <laughs> you know, like, you're proud of me for like going yeah. out and getting fucked up. And he goes, I got fucked up, too. He goes, you know what, though? I stayed at the bar because once I leave the comedy club, he goes, I'm nobody out there. Oh, and I was yeah. like, dude, I wish I stayed with him. Yeah. Because he's absolutely right. And and who knows what could have happened to me? Just who knows if like the guys were drinking and driving. They probably were. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I'm just you, first of all, you just never get in a car. Well, what else is you in the who, car? They get pulled over all of a sudden it's And where are they taking you? Yeah. You don't know. They could have all kinds they might think I'm some big Hollywood star. Yeah. Try to shake me down. Which I did have a lot of credit on my credit cards back then, but God, that's all I would have gotten. So, so it was all kinds of stupid. Yeah. And I even knew it was dumb because I remember my girlfriend was like, well, you're not getting in cars to go with people. I'm like, no. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was. That was so dumb. God, that's – there's something about getting, like, lost or, like, not having a way out as an adult. Even at 26, yeah. you're still an adult. That's terrifying. Yeah, and think about the opportunity I missed. I could have hung out with the headliner. Yeah. And just, yeah, just talk shop and, shit. yeah, hung out. Could have still got wasted if I wanted to. Yeah, for sure. And because it was like, it was Saturday night, so the week was pretty much over. Oh, you know? yeah. And you so like, that's why the headliner up. was partying. He didn't yeah. party the whole week. You know? Well, and it's one of those things, too, where I don't remember who said it. I know it's not my original idea, but you have like 100 yards from the stage where you're... That's like, yeah. for lack of a better term, like that's your house. Right. Like this is where you live. This is right. what you're doing. But once you get out of that little window, it's like, yeah. who the fuck are you? Yeah. And I noticed that after the show on Saturday is I left the comedy club. I was smoking a cigarette. And as I walked down the street, like a few people would stop me and be like, God, that was so funny. Yeah. And that's the first time in a long time that that's happened. Like strangers. Yeah. Like, a lot of times I know the people at the shows because yeah. in Florida, it's the same, you know, right. 20 people that come to shows. But it was just strangers like, hey, and the further I got away from the club as I was walking to the subway, yeah. the more anonymous you got. Yeah, the more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I literally crossed the street at the end of the block and yeah, I was back it. to being nobody. You're regular old Brennan. Again. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to go back and like yeah, just yeah, hang yeah, out yeah, outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And have people tell me how funny it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just remember um, not knowing how to spend my days back then. Yeah. Because I'd always had a job and like I don't think I worked on any material or anything like that. Just slept all day? I just, I don't know what the fuck I did. I remember just like not, that's like, it's very unlike me. Yeah. But. Because you're very I, productive. I always have been. Yeah. But it was a, weir- a weird scenario where I didn't know how to work on my comedy yet. I just didn't, which yeah. sounds crazy, but I just didn't know how to work on it in a constructive way. And it was all just random ideas yeah. that eventually became part of my act, you know? And then. <laughs> I also, but I was also away from home. They are random. <laughs> so I didn't know what to, to yeah. You know, I, I didn't know what to do, and I just remember being like, I don't, you know, I this road is not all it's all cracked up, all it's cracked up to be. I immediately figured that out. Yeah. But 
I didn't learn my lesson. Like I really wanted to, but I also sent out 50 tapes and only two people got back to me. So I kind of was like not trying to go on the road for a while. Yeah. After that, I didn't bother sending out more tapes. Oh, okay. So you did the, you did the three gigs. I got my job. The first week was fucking traumatic. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was devastating to me at the time. And then the second week was good, but it was also kind of boring. Yeah. And, um, what was the third week? The third week was, I got into the Seattle comedy competition. Okay. Which is you go up to, you know, Seattle and there's a bunch of different, the first week they don't pay you. Okay. Is it like a festival kind of thing? It's kind of like a festival. It's like a traveling festival around the Seattle area. And, uh, that I only bring up because it was the first, I, I was, um, I was hanging out with other comics who were like features and and they just were more established in yeah. a way than even the headliners. No offense, guys. I doubt they're listening to this. But they were even more established in a way than than the headliners I'd worked with. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't know a lot of road comics in L.A. I did, but we didn't talk about the road. The, no one's... Like the road is just so dead back then. Like it just wasn't on my radar. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about it. Well, and if you're in LA talking to LA comics, you're going to talk about what's happening. I'm in just, LA. I was talking more to open micers yeah. back then. But yeah. So, um, but there was the first time I heard comics like have animosity for the audience. Oh, really? Like behind their backs. Yeah. Like that was news to me because I thought <laughs> That's all it is part now. of the devastation of the first week where I didn't connect with the audience. I just thought it was all supposed to be such a good time. Yeah. And I love the audience and the audience, audience loves yeah. me and all the comics love doing it. God, that's such a sweet all, way to look at it. Everyone just like loves it. Yeah. And it's just the best business to be in. That's how I still think of and it sometimes. And then these two comics who, they weren't even in the game that long, but they were professionals. Yeah. And they took a liking to me. So I was hanging around them and they'd be like, Oh yeah, look at this fucking <laughs> like they'd be tearing the audience apart yeah. before they even got stage and they'd have things to be like, Oh, birthday party. <laughs> like all this shit I never even Bachelorette Like all this party. shit I never thought about. Yeah. Ever. And then they just had so much animosity. And then one comic was telling me, like, yeah, if they don't like me after seven minutes, I just give them the punishment comedy. And I'm like, What's that? I just want to do jokes that only I like and I know they're gonna hate. <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, this is like all just stress. Everyone's done it. But it was new to me. Where somebody because groans like, and you go, you groaned yeah, at that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to talk about my friend killing herself now. Right. So you think about the open mics where you're only doing five minutes. Yeah. If someone groans, like it's almost over. Yeah, it's done anyway. So you don't, you, you, you hurt, your feelings are hurt, but it's not this, you're not trying to dominate the whole <laughs> fucking room. Or like if you're going to do an hour in front of a room and after eight minutes they're groaning and stuff, you're like. I need to handle this fucking situation. Yeah, you got to get you got to get them back. So I had none of those skills, and I had none of those intentions. Yeah, you never even thought of it at that point. This is your third kind of weekend and out on the road. I'm finally getting back to, like, just having a good time. Yeah, with the audience, and like I was telling you earlier, like, not worrying about the material, worrying about staying loose, and being like an open channel for the energy in the room. Yeah, because I got too jaded for a while. And I could still have good sets, but my patience was fucking thin. Yeah. But it just doesn't work to be a, um, a disciplinarian of the audience. God, that's it's, so it's a, funny. That. You can you can do it, but it's such a gamble. 
to manhandle the audience. Yeah. Because if it doesn't work after that, you got nothing. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's why I was so fucked up. I did it on my half hour special. Like I manhandled the audience. Like they didn't laugh that much for the first couple minutes. And I go, I see. And the lights are on on because they're yeah. taping. And I go, I see a lot of unhappy faces in the audience tonight. Well, I don't give a fuck because <laughs> I'm still taping my special. I don't need you people. Like I actually did that. Yeah, they did. They cut that out. Of course. <laughs> I wanted them to keep it in. Because how much would you love that comic, dude? That would be awesome. How much would you love that comic? That I would, I would love be that. Fucking famous right now. Yeah. If they, oh, I didn't if even they think left that in. That was the whole thing that happened with Dane, where they told him not to take like you have to do it this certain way, and yeah. then he ripped his shirt off. He was like, "Fuck you." I did all this shit that was off script. And I it can't was believe they didn't keep it. So. Funny, you can see the energy in the room. Yeah, like you can I, see it I change have, when you watch I it. I have totally. By the end of that special, I have total control over that. Yeah, and they know exactly what I do, and they're with me. Yeah. And I was doing all this crazy shit, man. Like I just, like I totally decided while I was up there that I was just gonna be a madman. Yeah. And I was gonna do all this shit in between the jokes, because I I know that's how Daniel Tosh tapes his specials too. Maybe not. I mean, I didn't do the exactly the same thing. As as he does, but he between jokes will will talk to like the director, let's say. Oh, okay. This is an example. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember if he actually did this, but he'll talk to people and be like, "Yeah, can we cut that out or whatever?" Like, yeah, like, yeah. like the Breaking fourth the wall fourth is wall. broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I did because I had been working with him so much, and it it worked, man. And um, well, you can see the end because I have it. Yeah. I have that special. And I, I was just watching it a couple months ago, and you can see the energy change in the room. Yeah, I know, because I told them I didn't need them. Yeah. They that's thought so, I needed them. That's so crazy. I don't need them. Because they don't, obviously, that's not in the special. They cut it out. Which, yeah. But it's interesting to watch it as someone who does comedy, like, and to watch it, you, like, there's a point where you, as I'm watching it, I go, something's different. Like, something happened. Yeah, they, and, got, they got bitched out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking need you. This is my special. That's my name back then. I mean, I was right. Yeah, like, we'll add laughter. We're taping this shit. You're just fucking here because mannequins look weird. <laughs> and they tape. Don't they tape like four or five specials at a time? Yeah, they tape. And and the first guy came up to me that taped with me the same night. I saw him a year later. He just walked up to me. He's like, "That audience sucked." Even though he did really well, he went up before me. Yeah, and I didn't watch his whole set, but. I thought he did really well, but he hated the audience. And so I was not wrong to do that. Yeah. The, they, the, I wish I had editing control. I was going to say, they have control over that entire thing in perpetuity, don't they? They do, and they just didn't want to deal with, okay, how do we... Spin it? Not spin it. There's nothing to spin. Yeah. The shit was funny, but they didn't know, like, can we put a special out like this? Yeah. Because it's not... A one-off. There's like 15 specials came out. Yeah. And and it's just easier because they had the script. So do you have they to have give word them for the... word because it's all going to get clear for TV. Oh, yeah. So, so they, they just reconstructed it. the script. Oh, that's fucked. Because it's the simplest thing to do. Yeah. You know, then they had to figure out what do we cut, what don't we cut. Well, we cut the stuff that's not in the script. So it's a real shame. Damn, um, that could and that I did not get the the uh, full footage from that. I never was able to get it. And, Comedy uh, Central has it. Th- it'd be it'd be pretty hard to find right now. Yeah, now. But um, God, man, that's crazy to think if they would have just left it in, how that could have altered everything. Could have. I mean, we don't know for sure. Yeah, but but um, but that was a special I wanted Hell to put. Yeah. It, but 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 
but the upside is I still save that fucking special like and I save myself yeah. from clamming up. But trust me when I tell you when the words were coming out of my mouth <laughs> I was like I was actually going what the fuck are you doing right now? <laughs> I really said that to myself. That's the best. <laughs> you're doing something that's like a dream for so yeah, many people yeah, who yeah, do yeah. comedy, and you're yeah. fucking scolding the audience. Dude, I, I, I yeah. Fuck you, mannequins yeah. look weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was getting fights with this one lady. That's gonna be the name with of my eyes. Mannequins look weird. Yeah, I know. But it was just, <laughs> it's just like cookie cutter. Yeah, like fuck you. No, that's like that. I, I tell people that like it's good. Like stay loose with the audience and everything. But you're filming a fucking yeah TV show. Especially in that you're filming a TV show. You ain't doing a comedy show. You're filming a TV show. God, that's awesome. So that was so Seattle was the first time you ever even saw that kind of disdain. Yeah, but they didn't do it on stage. I just it was the first time I caught the gist of because I was coming from the open mic world. Yeah, where everyone was just like, I can't wait to get in front of a real audience. Yeah, I can't wait until. I'm doing this. I can't wait. Like that's oh, like yeah. That's where I love I'm at. It's the like, crush. I, can't I have to, a connection yeah. with the audience. Yeah. They're my people. And then these people were young. Yeah, they were young. They were like maybe thirty, and they were over it. Over not it. over it, but just yeah. Jaded. They they acknowledged what they didn't like about it. Yeah, and they were relieved to talk to each other about it. God, and it was surprising. That's insane, man. This was fun. Yeah, man. And so, honestly, like, I know this isn't a, um, uh, a moral of the story podcast, <laughs> but I will tell the audience, like, fucking cut back on the booze and face reality because reality is important. Yeah. No, it is. That was- I'm not saying don't drink. Different things work for different people, but don't drink a lot. Yeah, don't avoid. Don't, don't just, like, there's a lot you're going to have to take in. Yeah. That you're going to miss if your senses are diluted. I can see it's it's a weird it's weird because it can relax you. But you don't want to be that relaxed. You yeah. don't want to be drunk and then fucking up. Yeah, you're going to be fucking up, up and you're going to yeah. be missing your cues and you're going to There's nothing worse than when you realize you're the fucking guy who's not connecting even just like with the other comics or the other people at the bar. Yeah. Where you're just like, because you can't get, it's a tailspin. You're so drunk that you're just you, you're like, like, when you know you're fucking up, but you're like, I'm too drunk to fucking yeah. change it. Yeah. You just got to leave. It's if a I, nightmare. I You've impaired your time. That's happened. Yeah, it sucks. When you're at the bar and you're just like, oh, I keep talking, but this isn't getting any better. In fact, <laughs> it's getting worse. I'm just making this worse and worse and worse. But I'm trying so hard to, to make it better. Pull myself out of it. You're so sincerely trying. Yeah. Oh yeah. To like to like reestablish a connection with everybody, but you're just an idiot. And now that I'm sober, it's funny when people come up, and I'm sure this happens to you, where people will come up after a show or something. And in my case, like it's at work, because uh, you know I work in the service industry, yeah. so people will just start talking, and then you're just kind of like, yeah, okay, man, all right. And you can't really walk away because you're like... There's in no this, breaks yeah. in the conversation. And it's just kind of like, all right. And they just keep going. And you're yeah. like, yeah, man, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, God, I've been that person right. so many times. Yeah. No, listen. Listen. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> no, you don't get what I'm saying. You're not You're not <laughs> listening. It's like, yeah, man, I'm listening. I've already agreed to that five times. Yeah. <laughs> I've already agreed with you. 
Oh, man. Well, I do appreciate you doing it. We're at the hour mark, so we'll head out. Yeah, let's go get some pizza, man. Fuck yeah. Do you want to plug anything? No. No? Actually, uh, yeah, check out my podcast. I'm not really doing it that much anymore, but there's like, between that and Roadheads, there's about 500 episodes oh, online yeah. right now, so that'll... The um, Full Charge Power to. Hour. The full Charge Power Hour, Roadheads, and uh, that's all I have to offer at the moment. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll do all the intros and My everything pleasure, and, yeah. and post. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Brennan Tassif at Brennan T Comedy. Make sure you check out Matt at The Full Charge everywhere. Yeah, on all the social media stuff. All that dumb shit. All that shit I never check. (laughs) I will not respond to you. (laughs) I actually might. I respond to every so often. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. But you probably will be muted. (laughs) We'll talk to you all next week. follow me. (laughs) (laughs) I need the numbers. That's all I care about are the numbers. I just want that number. Oh, man.